our reactions become habitual. Hi, my name is Trina Glines, and this is Elevate Your Marriage and Life podcast. This podcast is for those who want to create happiness daily, even among the chaos that marriage and family life will bring. Get ready to elevate your marriage and life today. Welcome to podcast number 19. I We have some great stuff that we are going to talk about today that I am going to share with you. Um, before I do, though, I had the craziest thing happen to me last night. So my family is all out of town, and I'm leaving this evening to go meet up with them. But I was home by myself last night, and I got to bed really late. I worked late, and I got to bed late. It was probably midnight or so. And about, I don't know, 12.45 or so, I hear a mosquito like go right by my head my ear, like right by my ear. And I'm like, ah, ah, and I'm trying to find it. And then all of a sudden I noticed that there's this little spot on my neck that is starting to kind of burn a little bit and kind of get the little itch feeling. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I turned on all the lights and I'm searching for this mosquito. I can't find it. I'm like, okay, he's probably stuck somewhere now. He's gone, right? Well, I get back in bed. I try to go to sleep. You know how that is? Like you keep thinking that something's touching you. And so that's going on for like the next 45 minutes. The next thing I know, it's like 1.45 and the mosquito sound goes again. And I'm like hitting my pillow, trying to get this mosquito gone. I go again. I turn on all my lights and I'm like, how am I going to find this thing? It's going to keep me up all night long. So I, little did I know that on Google, You can go Google how to kill a mosquito and see that I am not the only person that's had this problem of one lone mosquito being stuck in your bedroom with you. And they say, okay, if this is you, um, one, turn on just like a really soft light so you can walk around the room and turn the rest lights off and get a flashlight that has a really strong power. So it's like a torch. Um and put it up against the wall, lay it flat up against the wall so the light is shining down the wall. And if you find the mosquito, once it shines on the mosquito, the mosquito will have a great big shadow effect. So you will be able to see it. You'll see the shadow of this mosquito, you know, on the other wall that it's reflecting onto. (laughs) So here I am at 2 (laughs) a.m. going through my bedroom with a flashlight, trying to find this mosquito. I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, somebody's probably driving past, because you can kind of see in my backyard just a little bit as you drive into our subdivision. I'm like, they're probably seeing this flashlight going around in my bedroom thinking, they're getting robbed or something. (laughs) Because, well, most people probably aren't aren't up at 2 a.m., but I'm sure somebody could have seen that. And I was doing it for about 45 minutes. I could not find the sucker. Oh my gosh. I was so frustrated. I was so tired. So what I ended up doing, I I was hoping my husband and his camping supplies would have like one of those mesh mosquito nets that I could have just like strung over the top of me. Um, But I couldn't find one. So I got a sheet and I tucked it back behind my headboard and I stuffed some pillows up around the edges so that it gave me space between the sheet in my face, and I slept with this sheet over the top of me, my my own little tent, (laughs) 
And anyway, when I woke up, which I ended up sleeping in forever because, um, hello, I didn't go to bed till past two. Um, when I woke up, I you know pulled the sheet off the top of me and went to get out of bed, went into the bathroom, went to go back into my bedroom to make my bed. And there it was, the little mosquito on a pillow on my bed, actually where I had it covered. So I don't know if he slept with me under there or if he just happened to go there after I um, removed the sheet. Anyway, I got him. I got him. I was so relieved because not only did I look up on Google how to kill a mosquito, then when I couldn't find him, I went back to look up, well, how long does a mosquito live for? Um, Well, if you're a female, you live longer than a male, I think, or I might have that reversed. For like two weeks, some longer than two weeks, I'm like, I can't live with this mosquito in my bedroom. And the second time that I heard him, he did bite me above my um, eyebrow or sting me. I guess they sting or suck your blood, whatever they do. So I came away two mosquito bites and um, a long night. Anyway, I just thought that was so funny when I went to go Google how to kill a mosquito, like the exact scenario that I was facing was on Google. We can find answers to anything on Google. All right. Well, let's get going today. Um, well, first, I want to say thank you. Thank you to all of you who listened last week with me talking with my man. It was really fun. I want to do that more. Um, I had lots of you DM me and leave comments on posts saying, I listened to this. I really loved it. And I really appreciate that feedback. Um, A lot of people were like, this was really vulnerable for you to share kind of, you know, your your experience with Jeff and Jeff to kind of share how he felt. And, um, you know, I think that's what we need. We need people to be willing to share some of their examples because we will so relate with that, right? Like that's such a good teaching tool to be able to relate to those examples. Um, And I'm, you know, I'm kind of an open book at this point because I just believe so much in the journey that I have been on that I just want to share it with ladies so bad. Well, today we're going to talk about how our reactions actually have become habitual, okay? Dr. Sue Johnson says, she's the author of Love Sense. A lot of this information today is going to come from her book, Love Sense. I love it. I need to preface um, the first time I listened to it, because I listened to it first before I read it, and I liked a lot of things, but it didn't stick. And when I went back the second time and read it, um, there's so much goodness in it. There's so much goodness. So be patient with yourself if you go to listen or or read this book and you come away going, well, I just didn't get that much out of it. Some of it was over your head. Um, I'm actually going to try and share much of her book through my podcast and kind of, I guess you could say, dumb it down a little bit, make it more applicable. I mean, that's kind of what I've done like with my programs and working with women as I've taken great, incredible resources and research that often we don't know how to apply. And I've taken it and pulled it apart and dissected it and then experimented on my husband. And um, and then, you know, that's what I end up sharing with women, a, a really applicable way of creating tools to use in a marriage. But Dr. Sue Johnson says, the way we regulate and process emotions becomes our habitual way of signaling and engaging with others. 
Okay, so the way we regulate and process our emotions, we feel our emotions. It we actually start to gain habits of the way that we are going to interact with our spouse, with our kids. We will have habits that we gain. And um, in podcast number 16, I talked about our emotions and that they're often contagious and we can catch others' emotions. Well, today I want to discuss more on how our reactions are often coming from an habitual place. Habits that we have created from our attachment style and our blueprints. So if you need to learn more about blueprints, you can go to podcast number 10 with Denim Slade. Um, Our attachment style is created in the first few years of life. Um, And it's also continually created and influenced, I guess I should say influenced more, through life's circumstances. And Jeff Stewart and I talked about that in my podcast with him in podcast number 17. So today I kind of want to bring some of that together um, with the way we react in certain situations often is just from habit. And would you agree with me that there are, (laughs) or if I were to say to you, not all habits are necessarily good habits, right? I, I have a feeling you would probably agree with me on that. And so, well, can we fix it? Can we change it? Can we um, alter our habitual reactions that we have? Yes, we can. That's the good news. We can change our reactions through effort on our part. It is going to take effort on our part, but anything worth it takes work, Okay. So we're going to talk about how we regulate and process our emotions and how that often becomes a habit. So let me give you an example. Let me give you an example of um, where you may have came from, what your attachment style may have been influenced from. And so these are just really some real just basic, simple examples. Let's say that you grew up with parents that fought. And now anytime there's a raised voice in your own marriage, it triggers you into fear faster than someone who was raised in a calm environment. Dr. Sue Johnson talks about this in Love Sense. That would, in my mind, create a very anxious type of personality, attachment style, excuse me, attachment style, with probably some avoidance. Like you're going to do everything you possibly can not to make somebody be angry. So you're going to avoid situations. Um, Let's say if you grew up with a caregiver that was there for you, open to the emotions you feel. When you were hurting, you knew they were safe to go to. Um, That right there is creating a secure attachment style. You are going to be more open and trusting to others. And then the third example is what if you grew up with a caregiver who did not give you tender care, wasn't there for you, you couldn't trust them, they were in and out all the time, Um, you would find that you had to play down your emotions to protect yourself. You are going to come out of that situation as probably much more of an avoidant attachment style. 
It is really, really important that we learn about our attachment styles. Um, And the cool part is you can change your attachment style. And I'm going to talk more about that, but I'm proof of that. My attachment style when I got married was more avoidant and anxious. And I have become much more secure through my efforts and through my work, as well as my husband is a more secure attachment style. And I've been able to lean on him. So you can be pieces of all these attachment styles, depending on the relationship you're working with. Let's say you have an uncle that you just don't feel safe with. You have an anxious or an avoidant attachment style around him, right? Like that, that's common sense. That will happen. So your attachment style may change some depending on the relationship that you're working with. Um, So what happens though is that our different ways of dealing with emotions becomes part of a script, like Dr. Sue Johnson says. And it it becomes a pattern in our marriage. And if we've never looked at what our attachment style might be, if we've never considered the blueprints we've brought into the marriage, right? Like nobody ever talked to us about that. Like nobody told me that my blueprint of feeling like I was not heard as a child was going to carry into my marriage. And now anytime my husband triggered that, I was going to go into pull myself away. You're not safe. Okay. And so what she talks about is that we now have a script in our marriage. She says, if this, then that. So if this happens, then this is going to happen. So if this, then that. So I was both avoidant and anxious attachment style when I got married, and I struggled with trust, and I struggled not feeling heard. So when uh, if this happened, my reaction was a habitual then that, okay? And I can tell you it rarely went well. <laughs> um A simple example, okay, here's a very simple example, and I'm just using this one for simplicity's sakes, but you can throw any example you want into it. A simple example, I share with my man, I ask my man to help me fold some towels, and I say, this is how I like to fold them, right? And the next time he goes to help fold towels, he does it a different way. And because of that simple, lame situation, right? Um, It triggers two different habitual reactions, okay? The first one is, I can't trust him. I've already showed him once. Actually, I've probably showed him several times by now. This is how I like them folded. They all match in the closet. I can't trust him to do it. And then two, really, did he not hear me? Did he not listen to me? So if this, my husband does something differently than what I ask to do, then that, what are the thoughts that are going on in my head? Well, one, the that is usually, you know, if it was in the moment, I could have gotten really upset. <clears throat> but what was my that? A lot of self-talk in my head. He doesn't care about me. He is, it's not safe to ask him for help. I will just get my feelings hurt if I ask again. I'm not important enough to him. What matters to me isn't important to him. And then that makes me close down. 
Now, you could use this in any scenario. Your husband said he'd fill in carpool for you, and he did it wrong. He didn't pick up the kids in time. Your husband said he'd pick up the kitchen for you, and it didn't get done right. Um, your husband volunteers to, you know, you ask him if he'd help put the kids to bed tonight, and he didn't do it right. They didn't read the stories the way it needed to be done, and the kids' stuff didn't get picked up right. Um, you ask him to go to the grocery store, and he does it differently than you would do, and he forgot something that you asked him to get, right? Like all these different little scenarios, you can put this in. So if this happens, then that. And when that ha- would happen, when that would happen, I would close down. And really, this was the breeding grounds for the intense woman. I look back now and think, this is crazy, absolutely crazy. My man doesn't not love me because he folds the towels wrong. That was the narrative in my own head. That was the blueprint I brought to the relationship. That was my habitual reactions from my attachment style. Okay? But it triggered in me my anxious and avoidant attachment. And my habitual reaction would have come out as maybe anger, really making him question his competence on folding towels, um, make him feel less than. All over folding towels, you've got to be kidding me, right? Does, Does this resonate with you at all? Can you see situations in your own life where your attachment style Your habitual reactions are coming out in areas that really it's, it is our, for lack of better words right now, our our own weaknesses that we just have not taken time to look at and figure out. Okay. So now let's, let's take the scenario for a second and apply regulating are regulating our emotions and working towards a more secure attachment style. That is the end goal. That's the goal we should always be working on is that we want to create a more secure attachment style. And I I like how um, Sue Johnson puts it. She says, being emotionally poised equals we are less triggered, right? So the first thing we need to do to achieve this, to become more secure, the first thing we need to do is work on our own attachment style. This allows you to be the best version of yourself. We want to strive to be securely attached. And why? Why should we do this? Because this equals happiness. And when we're happy, it makes us more adventurous. It makes us feel more alive. Um, When we feel negative emotions like fear and anger, that narrows our focus. Have you noticed that? Like when you're in a bad place, how narrow your focus is on life. It's almost all you can see is the negative and the bad and what's going on wrong. But when we have the ability to take care of those negative emotions in a healthier way, because you do have to deal with them, but work on being more securely attached, then Positive emotions help us expand the range of our thoughts and creates the urge to play and experiment. I can't even tell you the truth in that because I experienced it myself as I got rid of the intense woman. 
my playful side came out more. I was more willing to be open-minded and, and I, I, I couldn't learn enough because this, this freedom I have felt in getting rid of her has opened up a whole new world for me. So, so how did I do this? How, how did I work on becoming more securely attached? The first thing I had to do was I had to recognize that I had some negative habitual reactions. There were things that I was believing. There were things I was feeling. There were things that I was um, um, reacting to in a negative way that was not serving me. Okay? I had to recognize that first. We can't change what we don't know. So it does take some self um, reflection, some inward thought. It takes some humility. Okay. So that was the first thing I had to do. And, um, the second thing I did, which you don't all have to do this. I did have some therapy that I was able to understand my blueprint more. I was able to pinpoint some triggers. And when we pinpoint things, when we find them, naming them allows us to tame them. We're going to talk even more about this in just a minute. Um, So you can do this without therapy if you're willing to look inward and discover some of your fears, some of your blueprints. Where did your attachment style come from? If you were securely attached, great, awesome, but there's still going to be situations in your life that you weren't necessarily feeling secure in. Why weren't you? What were those things? And what what, um, were the triggers that made you go to more of an avoidant or go to more of an anxious so if you if you want to understand a little bit more with blueprints, like I said, you can go back and watch my or excuse me, listen to my interview with Denim, um, Denim Slade on blueprints. So then the third thing I did, which I believe this was the most valuable step for me, because many of my reactions came from my assumptions. I'm going to say that again. Many of my reactions came from my assumptions. And for most of my marriage, you know, 20 plus years, I assumed that my man was a version of me. And we often all do that. He assumes I'm a version of him because it's all we know unless we've been willing to learn otherwise, learn the language of men, learn the language of women, learn how your wife thinks and works, learn how your man thinks and works. Did anybody teach you that before you got married? Did anybody set you up for sec- for success? Uh, I wasn't. And I still have yet to have one woman t- tell me she was. And I have no control over his part. I only have control over mine. And so as I, my, my third thing was this, as I learned how he works and how he thinks, this opened a whole new world for me. I was able to be like, oh my gosh, when my man does this, it's not meaning this because I was assuming he was a version of me with it, right? I I can't even tell you how vital it is that we stop with assumptions and we learn truth and we seek truth. Our spouses are not a version of us, Okay. So that was kind of the third thing I did. I went on that journey to discover how my man thinks and works and 
it, it changed my world. Then the fourth thing is um, to be able to slow down, slow things down in situations. When we're having a situation, if my feelings get hurt, if something negative happens, I would take the time to try and slow down the any reaction. What is it you're feeling right now, Trina? Naming the emotion that is the real emotion instead of just the surface emotion. Because when we get our feelings hurt, we will jump to anger really quick. We will jump to, you know, being frustrated and have an outburst of, of a reaction, right? A habitual reaction. Um, so it, it's really important to slow things down. When something happens that does rear a negative emotion in you, take a moment, ladies, to stop and breathe before you react. Try to discover the real emotion, okay? Let's say your husband was set to pick the kids up from school and he totally forgot and he was super late, right? And you're getting text messages from your kids saying, mom, dad's not here yet. We're the only kids left on the sidewalk. And, you know, they're super frustrated, right? So what's your first reaction? Anger, frustration, can't trust him, can't rely on him. I have to do everything myself. Okay. Now I want, I would ask you to, okay, stop. Let's think this through. Okay. What is it I'm really fearing? What is it I'm really feeling? I'm feeling a lack of trust. Can I trust my man to follow through on something that he has committed he would do? And two, fear. Fear of, do I have somebody who's a team player in this with me? Am I expected to, do I have to do it all myself? Is, does he really care? Does he really care about the kids and the family? And, ah, uh, why, why I, I really feel like I'm the bottom of the list, right? Like it's a fear, but it's anger that's going to come out. And so if you can stop and regulate that emotion, think about that emotion, discover the root emotion instead of just going off of the surface emotion. Then when the moment comes, I, 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 I rarely believe that we are capable in the moment to handle an issue unless you have been practicing this for a long, long time. Give yourself a moment. There's often times if something happens between Jeff and I, I will just walk off and go sit in the bedroom for a second and I'll kind of go through that process of reappraising my emotions, regulating my emotion. Okay, where, what is it I'm really feeling, Trina? Then I go in and discuss it with him. Okay, so much better if we can give ourselves that little bit of space so that we can act instead of react. All right, then you could go to him and say, "Hun." I know you didn't mean to make, to pick up the kids late. I'm sure something came up at work. And, you know, I, I appreciate that. But I just want to share a little bit of how I'm feeling. You know, you, you did commit that you would do this. And, and when I was getting the text messages from the kids, I was worried about them. They're by themselves. And then I started to get really, you know, anxious inside and afraid that I'm in order for things to be done, I'm the one that needs to get them done. And 
I'm scared. I'm actually scared of that because I can't do it all by myself. There's times that I do need you and I know you didn't mean to pick them up late. But I just want to let you know how it makes me feel inside. I want to be able to trust you that you will follow through with something like that and I don't have to be worried about it. And I recognize we all are going to make mistakes, but this is just kind of what I'm feeling right now. Can you see how that is so much better? I'm not saying the conversation's going to necessarily be smooth the whole way because your man knows he did something wrong. He knows he left his kids on the side of the curb for, you know, 30 minutes past school getting out. Okay. He already knows that. Right. Um, and so he may, you know, be defensive and share his frustrations as well. But if we can do it in attacking the real underlining emotion instead of doing this, seriously, hon, you can't pick up the kids. Really? You're just going to do it. Like work comes first all the time, right? We're not important. I'm so sick of this. I'll never ask you again. Right? Like that is going off of the surface emotions that we're feeling. How much better is to have a constructive conversation sharing what the real feelings are that we are feeling? Um, because emotions are real. And emotions tell you, tell your mind, tell your body what you are feeling. And suppressing emotions will never serve us. So I'm not asking anyone to suppress emotions. I'm asking you to pull back away from the moment, name the real emotion, and then let's regulate it. Instead of blowing up on anger, let's regulate, okay, I'm feeling some fear right now that I can't trust my man. And let's go and chat about that emotion. Okay? Now... It's just so, it's so, so important. This is so important. So let's go over some of these steps on how we can regulate emotions, okay? First step, you have to take time to name your emotion. Naming it to tame it. When you give meaning to something, that is when we can tolerate it or even change its impact. Dr. Sue Johnson. Okay, so then we can work on regulating it. This gives you the same, this, this gives you the time needed to be able to act instead of react. Remember, I've talked about this before in the, in the uh, past podcast where we all have this space. Each one of us has been given this gift. There is the trigger and then there is the reaction. But there is a space in between there that is a gift to each one of us to sit and choose. Are we going to take that space and choose to act or are we going to throw the space away and react? You have that space. I have that space. We all have that space. And because our emotions are real, we need to honor those emotions we're feeling. I'm feeling really frustrated right now. I cannot trust my man. I need his help. I can't do this all on my own. You know, I, I had a doctor's appointment. I had to go to the doctor's appointment. And then I feel like I'm punished because I had a doctor's appointment. I needed him to pick the kids up from school, right? Like to be able to share the real emotion in a genuine way with also not assuming their intention. 
Always assume the best in your spouse. That's why I started it out with, I know you did not mean to forget to pick up the kids. Because he didn't. It was an honest error. But the emotions that come with that are still there. Um, and so being able to take that time to decide, process, pull apart, what emotion am I really feeling? Okay? So the first thing is take time to name the emotion. The second one, okay? The second one is then you're going to regulate, you're going to reappraise it, right? Like you're going to, instead of like, okay, what am I, I'm really frustrated with my man right now. I'm super frustrated. Well, why am I frustrated? Because he was late picking up the kids and I needed some help and I feel like I can't trust him. And now you're getting into reappraising it, regulating, getting to the base emotions, okay? And then I think it's really, really important that before, and the example I used below or before with the husband picking up and then the wife going and talking to him, picking him up late, I didn't show this part of the example. Um, and this is a really vital part, okay? Seek understanding. So if she was to go to him and start the conversation with, you know, hon, I know you did not mean to be late picking up the kids. Did something happen? Seek understanding. Because I don't know about you, but there were many times I've been frustrated and got mad at my man later to find out something out of his control took place. Right? Once again, assuming intentions. We can't assume intentions. So seek understanding. Choose to ask some questions and seek some clarification. It doesn't mean you aren't still you aren't still going to share if the emotions are still strong in you those feelings. But you will be surprised, pleasantly surprised, as we choose to seek understanding. How a lot of those emotions will reappraise themselves and be turned around into more compassion, recognizing none of us are perfect. We're all going to err. We're all going to have mistakes, and we all have stuff that comes up, right? So seek understanding. And then the third thing is then you will share. Then you will share your emotions from, from that point. And can you see that space between trigger and response? Trigger and you can choose to react or you can choose to act. You have that space. You've just now taken time to name the emotion, regulate it, reappraise it, seek some understanding, and now you can come to the table with a sharing how you have felt about the situation in a way that hopefully will avoid big blow-ups, right? That, that's our goal. And to, our, our goal is to get out of to get out of the circle is how I, the way I picture it, envision it, is we're all stuck in this circle and we keep having the same arguments and the same fights all the time and we need to get out of that circle. We need to open a door to learn a new way of being. And when we choose to do this, then it, it just opens up so many more freedoms in a relationship and it, this is the base of creating a secure connection. It doesn't mean you're not going to talk about hard things. A secure connection does not keep you from having challenges in a marriage. A secure connection is not the um, 
is 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 not the the I don't even know the word I'm trying to look for, but it, it's not the cure all to any problems in a marriage. You are two imperfect people coming together, creating awesome imperfectness. You're going to have things to maneuver through and to work through. A secure connection is going to allow you to maneuver through so much easier than choosing to just let your habitual reactions take over. Okay? So let's use some examples. Um, Let's see. Let's say, okay, here's a good example. So say mom got invited to go with some girlfriends to the movie for the evening. And dad said, sure, you go, you go. I will help the kids with the homework. I'll clean up dinner and, you know, get them in bed. You go enjoy yourself, right? And you come home from this great evening with your girlfriends to walk in the house and the dinner dishes are all still out. The house is a mess. All their homework on the table backpacks everywhere, shoes everywhere, and you just get deflated, right? Like, you're like, seriously, I get punished for leaving. It's not even worth going if this is what I'm going to come home to. He told me he would do those things, right? So what do we do? All right, let's slow things down. Let's take a moment to name the emotion. You know, I'm really disappointed. I'm hurt. I feel like he doesn't care. I don't think he cares. That's fear. That's fear. Um, Dr. Sue Johnson talks about that often the base emotion, when it's negative, will be stemming from fear. So that's fear. He doesn't care. He doesn't even care. Okay, that's how I'm feeling. And I know it's not a truth because I know my man loves me. But I'm really hurt right now, and I'm sad, and I don't want to feel like I can't go have an evening to myself. So, okay, he's sitting on the couch. He's got the TV on. I'm just going to go sit down by him. Go sit down by him. Hey, hon, how was the evening? Oh, it, it was good. The kids just barely got in bed and took us a little bit longer on the homework, and the neighbor ended up coming over. His car wouldn't start, and so I had to go over, and I had to jump the car, jump his car, and... It wouldn't jump, and so we think it's the starter or the alternator or something. And anyway, he got chatting to him a little bit, and I on my way back, and, uh, you know, I got a business phone call I had to handle, and I, I just barely sat down for a second. Mm. Seek understanding, right? First of all, ladies, I told you that the third step of me learning how to become more securely attached was me learning about my man and how he works. He is not a version of me. Men are single test focus. When you leave him to tend, take care of the kids, if you come home to everybody alive, that's a good thing. <laughs> because they don't work like we do with multitask alertness where we are able to do 5,000 thing, things at once. He can do one thing at a time. When he was on that phone call with a business phone call, that's all he could do. He couldn't do that and do the dishes. Whereas we could, and you're comparing him to a version of you. So just learning how he thinks and works gets rid of so many assumptions. It's, it's amazing what comes from just getting rid of those 
right? Like um, just understanding the language of men at a deeper level and understanding yourself, how you work, right? So you, you went and you sat by your man and you sought to understand, okay? Get rid of assumptions. Get rid of assuming that he didn't clean the kitchen because he doesn't care about you. It's not a truth. It's not a truth. So then once you find out whatever it was, then you can choose what you do from that point. Like me in that scenario, if I was to come home and I sought understanding and my man was to tell me that, I'd be like, wow, yeah, you've had a busy, busy evening, you know? Um, why don't we go over and get the dishes done together? And I would have just done that, okay? Um, because I have learned his language, I know his heart, and there's no reason to punish him. He was helping somebody else out. He had a business call, and he's not built like me to do everything I do. But what if you aren't okay? What if, what if you truly are not okay? Or what if you find out he really just didn't get things done? You know, he struggled to get things done. So once you've determined and you investigated the situation, and if he didn't have an excuse, you're still kind of hurt, right? You're still kind of hurt. So that's when you would say, "Hun, it was really fun getting out tonight um, with my friends. Thank you. Thank you so much for supporting me in it and, you know, being willing to watch the kids and stuff. But I just want to share kind of a feeling that I have inside of me right now. I feel kind of sad. Um, when I come home to everything still needing to be done before I'm able to go to bed, it just makes me feel like I'm almost punished for taking some time for me. And I know that's not your intention at all. That's not what you're saying, but I'm just letting you know that's how it's making me feel. And um, I just I sometimes worry that I'm not important enough. And I know, I know that's not a truth for you, but I just need to let you know that's how I feel. Can you see how much better that is? That scenario, that whole, you know, three-step, four-step scenario, then walking in the door, seeing the mess, and blowing up. Or going silent and inward and punishing him for weeks because you don't talk to him. Okay? So much better. So many more freedoms. When we can learn to regulate and reappraise our emotions, name them first. We've got to name them first. So let's, another scenario. He came home late from, from work and dinner is always scheduled for six o'clock. Let's say you're one of those families that you are able to work on a good time schedule like that. Awesome. More power to you. Um, and, and he doesn't show, right? And he walks in the door. Who's he coming home to? That, that's up to you who he's coming home to. What is that triggered in you in your attachment style? Are you going to become more securely attached? Are you going to choose to become more securely attached? So the narrative going on in your head when he is not home yet is, wow, he must have hit some traffic. You know, kids, the dinner's ready. Let's just go ahead and eat. And when dad gets here, he can just join us. Oh, he must have had, you know, a colleague come in right before he had to leave. Oh, I wonder if he got a flat tire. 
right? Like, are you going to allow yourself to stop assuming the negative, stop assuming he doesn't care about you, stop assuming he's being selfish, stop assuming he, um, you're not important enough, he didn't even call you, and let's assume the best out of our spouses. Now, does that mean that you won't have hurt feelings? Um, for me, because of the work I've done, my feelings don't get hurt half as much as they used to. They still get hurt once in a while. And so if in this situation my feelings did get hurt, then I would probably have a discussion with him and just say, hey, hon, you know, it, it would really help me out if when you think you're going to be late, if you would just send me even just a text so we don't sit and wait for you. It just would really make me feel like you're respecting that I'm probably home with dinner ready for you. And it would just, you know, I just would really appreciate it, right? Like to have a conversation like that instead of him walking in the door with, you know, the look, right? Ladies, we can give it to him. The look. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's all in what we choose to learn and understand. Are we going to choose the tools? Are we going to learn what our attachment style is so we understand the triggers? Like, I know I'm triggered when it comes to trust. I know I'm triggered when it comes to being heard. Um, those are two really big ones for me. Okay? So what are, what are some areas in your blueprint that are big triggers that cause you to go into that habitual reaction place, those habitual reactions that were created from your childhood experiences and then adolescence experiences and other relationships, right? Um, we all are going to have a bit of every attachment style, the anxious, the avoidant, and the secure in us. But we do have a choice to work on becoming more secure. We have no control over our man, though. We do have influence. And as you work on your part and as you work to discover how to, um, how to become more secure with yourself and with your spouse, you can be an influence on him, right? And there'll be teaching opportunities that will come up that you will be able to share with him. Um, you know, what if your man canceled the date? Like you were so looking forward to and a business meeting ended up coming up and he's like, hon, I'm sorry, I have to go this. I can't, can't go on our date, right? Do you, first, you're going to blow. Work always comes first. I'm not even important. I can't believe you would do this to me. We've had this plan for three weeks, da, 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 right? You're, you're going to get really upset. Well, those are the surface emotions. What's the base emotion? Work's more important than me. He doesn't care. I don't even know if I'm a priority to him. It's fear. Then when you, once you regulate it and you notice, like, name it, I'm feeling fear right now. I, I need some confidence in our relationship. Then instead of blowing, you can go to him and say, Hun, I'm really sorry you have to cancel this date, but I just need you to know that I feel like I'm not very important to you right now. And I'm sure that's not your intention, but that's how I'm feeling. Right? Letting him know that so he can say, Hun, I'm, I'm sorry. You are so important to me. I just, the boss is coming into town and I have to be in this meeting, but let's go tomorrow night. Can we just switch it and go tomorrow night? 
like so much better than the blow up and assuming intentions. So it is so easy for us ladies to go to, he doesn't care about me. Why is it so easy for us to go to that fear? Because as women, part of our language is we need constant validation. And we look daily for evidence that he cares. But his language, do you know what his language is? <laughs> um, I picked her to marry, so that should be evidence enough. Like, literally, that's how opposite we are. We need daily evidence. And he's like, I picked you, didn't I? When we understand these differences, it takes away the assumptions. And it also then allows you to love your spouse the way that they need to be loved. Men need to know that women look for these evidences, that the dates really do mean that much to them. Right? Women need to know that men are single-task-focused and that they are going to struggle to do more than one thing at a time. We literally do speak two different languages. We do. So the cool part here is you do not need to be a victim to your habitual reactions. You can learn to regulate your emotions, discovering the root emotion, and not exploding with the surface one. Choose to work on you, discovering your attachment style. Get Love Sense. Read that book. There's other attachment style books. Watch Denim Slade's Blueprints. Listen. I, I say watch because I also have it in a video on YouTube. So you can go to my YouTube and watch Denim explain it to you if you want. But uh, So go listen to Denim's interview and learn about your blueprints and your attachment style. Choose to discover Choose to figure out how you can become more securely attached. That's the goal. We need good connection in our marriages. And that will develop through a securely attached relationship. And with doing all this, this will create more happiness and harmony in your marriage. You have no control over his part, ladies. But you do have influence as you choose to work on yours. Um, so I encourage you, work on your part. You have that space. Use your space wisely. Do this with your children too. This doesn't just work on our husbands. This is every relationship you have. You have the trigger, you have space, and then you have a choice, reaction or action. Getting rid of the space, you will always revert to reaction. Always. You need that space. So the first thing you're going to do is name your emotion. Name it to tame it. Okay. And then you're going to re regulate it by reappraising it, regulating it. Um, Dr. Sue Johnson has a whole bit on this in her, her book on just like, what is the real emotion I'm feeling here? Asking yourself, like, Stop assuming his intention. Stop assuming he doesn't love you. It's not a truth. He's with you. And let's figure out what am I really feeling? I'm feeling like work is more important than me. That's what I'm feeling. Well, that's a fear, right? So let's figure that out. Then you're going to seek to understand. Seek to understand because assuming intentions never turns out well. And 
I have done that so many times where I've blown up about something later to find out there was an uncontrolled, out of his control circumstance that he just felt like crap for because I blew without seeking to understand. Okay, let's, ladies, it really boils down to one thing, respect. We want to be treated with respect. Let's treat our spouses with respect. Right? The world doesn't teach this. But we need moms. We need women who do teach this so that our children and our grandchildren can have those examples around them. Good examples of strong families. Not perfect. There's no such thing. Strong families that are trying daily. So you're going to name the emotion, then you're going to regulate, reappraise it, and then you're going to seek understanding. Seek understanding, and then you will share. Then you will be to the point where you'll share with your man the real emotion you're feeling, not the surface emotion of anger and frustration and whatever might be coming out, but the real emotion that you're feeling. Okay? So I hope that sheds some light on our ability to be able to um, not be a victim to our habitual reactions. That we can choose to learn a better way. We can choose to learn tools. Go get Dr. Sue Johnson's book, Love Sense. Read it. Study it. Understand it for yourself. Become more secure in yourself. You're going to learn... Oh, it's just valuable. It's so valuable. And so um, I hope this helps you out. I've tried to use some examples that you could hopefully, you know, implement into your own mind of what happens in your own life, right? And just once again, ladies, you deserve to have happiness in your life daily. Doesn't mean the hard times won't be there. But you deserve to have happiness daily, but it is up to us to create that happiness. No one else is in charge of that happiness. And as I've chosen to dive in and work on myself, understanding my attachment style, understanding my blueprint, understanding how to become more secure, that's where my increased happiness has come from. And I encourage you to do the same. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm getting super excited. I think we're like, nine days if, if I'm right let's see nine days away um, from Taming Jane Academy starting uh, fall semester I still do have a few spots left open if you are interested at all go to my website under courses and you can learn information in there you can DM me on any of my social medias I'm anxious to get with another group of women who are like-minded and are striving to strengthen their marriages And it's an honor for me to be able to share with them what I have discovered and what tools I have found that are actually applicable and really do make changes. So thank you again for joining me today. It's been a pleasure for me to share this with you. Once again, go get Dr. Sue Johnson's book, Love Sense. If you didn't listen to last week's interview with Jeff Stewart, he is trained on emotional focus therapy, which is Dr. Sue Johnson's therapy. His podcast is awesome. I look forward to interviewing him even more. Um, But it's all about just going out and seeking out good information and learning. 
because no one knows everything. No one knows all the tools. We didn't say our I do's and everything's just going to magically happen. No, we have to put effort to make it happen. And I love doing it. And I love helping women. Um, I love sharing with women information like this to help you discover the power that is truly within you. You are amazing. Absolutely amazing. Thank you for joining me. 